Welcome to the New Wave Entrepreneur, where we dive headfirst into Web 3.0, personal sovereignty, spirituality, and psychology. These conversations are unfiltered access to brilliant minds and actionable advice that will prepare you for the rapidly changing world. So jump in. The water is warm and the tide is rising. My friends, welcome back to another incredible episode of The New Wave Entrepreneur. It's me, Daniel DiPiazza, checking in with you, and I'm so excited to introduce you to my friend Alejandro Navia today. Now, Alejandro is the co-founder and he's the president of NFT Now, which is a podcast and a media platform uh, dedicated and devoted to spreading education and uh, creating uh, new, new users among the growing NFT technology. And, um, you know, it's interesting. I was listening to NFT Now before I knew that Alejandro was actually listening to my show. And this is the primary show that I used along with Bankless to binge in the beginning and learn as much as I could very, very quickly about non-fungible token NFTs, these new uh, digital assets that have just taken the world by storm. And as such, Alejandro being at the head of the, the movement in terms of uh, aggregating the information around these uh, new different pieces of technology and and really studying the market and talking to all these different creators has so much wisdom to share in this space. And he's really, I I gauge him as one of the uh, forerunners of this space, even though he is a um, an aggregator of the information, he certainly is creating something new, which is uh, crazy awareness around this space. And we've seen NFTs have been one of the most popular uh, concepts in you know in culture and in technology and news over the past six to nine months so it's pretty cool to talk to someone at the forefront of this this movement so i highly encourage you to plug in and listen to this and uh, as we reference things in the show today make sure you're uh, you're going back and just doing your own research as well and getting involved in this exciting new space so that's all i got for the intro and then also guys uh, make sure that if you haven't signed up for the uh, the peak performance workshop you go ahead and do that now you might be wondering what that is uh, every month, well, since December, we've started these new series of workshops, and every workshop is on a different topic. Uh, December was the new wave workshop, so that was all Web3 crypto. Uh, January was uh, basically the all personal finance. That was the Money Moves workshop. Now, beginning of March, March 4th and 5th is the Peak Performance Workshop. If you are a busy person who's looking to finally get your goals completely crystal clear and then start executing and you're tired of making excuses for yourself, this workshop is for you. Uh, this is designed to help you get focused and get clear, get productive, get more work done than you've ever done before, beat the competition off the starting blocks, beat your own personal records, as well as deal with some of the mental health issues and the stress and the anxiety that comes with performing at a high level and also just teaching you how to rise to the top of your field, how to be a killer in your space. So Peak Performance Workshop is what this is all about, uh, March 4th and 5th. You don't have to attend this live. Uh, we're only selling 100 seats for this entire workshop, but you don't need to attend live. If you can't attend live, we'll send you the streaming afterwards. Uh, but it's a two-day event. If you do come live, you can ask questions and be part of the entire live experience. We're teaching it live. I'm bringing on special guests. Early birds can get tickets now. So at newwaveentrepreneur.com forward slash VIP, you can grab your tickets. And essentially the idea here is that I want to reward you for getting an early bird ticket by one, giving you a hundred bucks off 
and two, by giving you a buddy pass. That's right, everyone who signs up for a VIP ticket is going to get a buddy pass to bring a friend or a family member or a colleague or a work partner uh, for free. And in fact, you can split this with that person. So it really is gonna end up being only half price for you, plus you're already getting a crazy discount, all because I want those 100 people to really lock in. And we are capping this on purpose. In the past, uh, I've let as many people as I wanted, as, as they wanted to sign up, and that's all good, but I found that when I cap it on purpose, people really start to show up, they start to try harder, they start to pay attention more, and it makes for a better experience for everyone. So make sure you're one of those 100 people to get in on uh, this upcoming workshop, March 4th and 5th, Peak Performance Workshop, uh, tickets, newwaveentrepreneur.com forward slash VIP. Okay, now let's get to the show with Alejandro Nevia. talking about a lot of things today that you're already here listening to and you're interested in. NFTs are a big part of what you've done, you know, recently, but you have a pretty interesting history. And um, I, have a, I have a few things pulled up here that I wanted to just run run by you as, a, as an entry point. And I'll, I'll read just some of your bio. So Alejandro Navia, uh, he's the co-founder and president of NFT Now. Now you guys, this is it's an interesting coincidence that we're on this show because Months ago, you know, maybe six to eight months ago, when I was saying, "Hey, I, I think NFTs are pretty interesting, and I'm going to binge some shows to help me learn about this." And then I was posting about it, and I, you know, I was telling you earlier, I probably listened to the first thirty to fifty episodes just to get up to speed. It's a great like putting a lot of information in a short period of time. Really helped me to get conceptual framework for what was happening in the space, and um, and so that was something that I was already listening to, and. Then recently, I was like, you know, I need A plus guests for the show. Who do you know? And then you, uh, yeah, I was like me, me. Let's go. You know, sometimes I, I'm. Yeah. So it was a good coincidence. It's a great coincidence, and I think you gave me a good uh, aspect to practice because I've been trying to practice putting myself forward a little bit more. Uh, you know, I usually like to be in the background of things, putting other people forward, recommending others, like giving light to. But I think I'm entering this stage of my life where I take ownership of what I've done and being able to help others through that story. Yeah. Good. 33. That's me too. And you know what? I feel like at that, at this age, it's uh, not an arrogance. It's just a confidence and an assuredness. Oh, I have done that. So it's okay to, to claim that. But I, I interrupted your fucking bio. Uh, okay. So the he's the co-founder president of NFT now, which is a, you know, a great source of information that I've been sharing with you guys for months now as an advisor and coach and early supporter of web three and a uh, creator of the of uh, or, or, or part of this creator economy alejandro has helped numerous founders and creators scale their communities and raise over 92 million dollars in funding uh, prior to nft now he held leadership positions at startups and enterprises in ai aerospace and media including verizon uh, where he led strategy and acquisitions in elite daily uh, which he helped lead to a 50 million dollar acquisition and he is in miami which i was you know, actually just got back from, that would have been a good, I just, well, there's always next time, you know? And I think there's a conference coming up in May, which I'm going to be at. Come through, bro. Hit me up. Seriously, come hang. Yeah. It, it, isn't, it, there is one, isn't there? It's Blockworks. I think, I think. There's, there's a few. There's so many conferences coming up now that it's just like, there's yeah, a few. Yeah. yeah. It's, a D, it's a DeFi one. Whatever whatever one uh, Bankless told me to sign up for, I just did That's that. That's dope, man. That's a good source. That's Bankless. a great source. Sure. Whatever you guys say. <laughs> <laughs> whatever you guys say. Um, 
So yeah, you have a you have a good um, a good background, and you've spent obviously time in different spaces. Uh, what? Why NFTs? What caught your attention? That is something that um, that I'm curious about. Yeah, that's a really great question. I think the most important part of that, in summary, and I'll go into the longer version, is um, I didn't choose NFTs. NFTs chose me. In a no. <laughs> It's really great. Um, so I was living out in Jackson, Wyoming uh, during the pandemic. My wife and I decided to pack everything up from New York. We were living in Brooklyn and we we're like, hey, let's go live out our, our dream now. Who, whose permission do we need? You know, everything was remote. So and then one of my friends, Matt Madved, uh, who's my co-founder and CEO of NFT Now, he came to visit me in December for New Year's. And he came in with this like look in his eye. He's like, yo mouthing i like foaming at the mouth like yo nfts ale nfts ale and i was just like <laughs> nf what what are you talking about what's an nft he got he got, he the, got bug. the bug and he was just like zombie virus that's right <laughs> and he's like bro there do you remember crypto punks and do you remember crypto kitties and i was like oh yeah that's right and he's like yo that's an nft because i had been so for context i've been in the in the, uh, in the blockchain crypto space since 2014. I bought my first Bitcoin then. I bought Ethereum at $7. I've actually helped uh, Consensus stand up Ethereal, nice. um, you know, MetaMask, all these different things through my uh, creative agency. And I worked very closely with some, and some of my best friends are very closely builders since 2015, 2016. And so this was like when I, I, I got to say at first I was a naysayer and back in 2017 when CryptoPunks and CryptoKitties came out, I was like, this is not what the blockchain's for. This is more for finance and, you know, supply chain management and things of that nature. So I'm a convert. I just got to become out clean and say I'm a convert, right? So um, flash for, fast forward to back to 2021. No shame. Now you got to own it, right? And Matt leaves, comes back, and then I come back from my honey from my anniversary uh, celebration from Costa Rica, and I see my roommate in Jackson Hole. He's sitting on the router, like next to the router, plugged in. When have you seen someone plugged into the router in today's age, right? Like plugged in, like with a cable, Ethernet cable, and I'm like, "Yo, Sam, what's going on, dude? What do you got plugged in? Is the internet down?" He's like, he turns around, <laughs> he, Danny. He turns around. He's like. Yo, bro, don't go on anything. Don't stream anything for right now. And I was like, yo, is everything okay? Like, what's going <laughs> on? And he's like, bro, top shot. NBA top shot. And I was like, NBA what? Oh, my NBA God. what? What top? Yeah. What? He's like, he's yeah. like, bro, you remember growing mm -hmm. up? We had these collectible cards with like Jordan and Pippin and all these things. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. He's like, now imagine mm -hmm. the digital version of this. And I was like, what? What do you mean? He's like, yeah, it's Dapper Labs and NBA. He's like foaming at the mouth. Like he's like, yo, give me a second. The drop's about to happen. Like, bro, I gotta get my credit card. Don't talk to me. Turn off your phone. And I was just like, my wife and I, we looked at yeah. each other. We were just like, uh, okay. So he finally buys this pack. You know, he I think he spent like 12 bucks, 15 bucks or whatever. He got was able to get the pack. Yeah, yeah. And he comes back to me. He's like, yo, Ali, thanks so much for understanding. I was just so locked and loaded. I was like, no, dude, I get it. Thanks for letting me know. But what the fuck was that? Like, what is that? And he's like, yo, it's, an, it's, it's called an NFT. And I was like, wait a second. You had the exact same look and the exact same behavior as Matt, <laughs> who a month ago. It's a virus. And dude, these are, the two, these are two incredibly trusted people. These are two of my friends. Like, we've been friends for seven years. We've supported yeah. each other professionally. Yeah. So I call Matt. I'm like, yo, Matt. I'm trying to find out more information about NFTs. Where can I find that? He's like, bro, you got to do your own research. Like there isn't a website. There isn't anything. 
Like, like you got to yeah. do your own research. You got to figure like, it you out. You got to join the right WhatsApp groups. You got to join the giant Telegram. So I started yeah. research. I started yeah. Googling like anybody else. Yeah, they, Dude, no. at that point, I started going down this rabbit hole and I was looking at Reddits and Tumblrs and like, I didn't even, I like, I tried to find anything and telegrams and WhatsApp groups. But then I started finding out that, hey, information was incredibly fragmented, not reliable or incredibly yeah, self-serving. Yeah. And they're really, and everything was like shilling. And if you had to go through this thing and I was like, how do I sign up for MetaMask? And like, fuck. And then how do I eat? Like, yeah, like I'm a crypto native, yeah. but I forgot how to use MetaMask for NFTs. I never thought about putting the two together. It's just moving so fast. And you so know? I called Matt. I called Matt again and I was like, yo, Matt, like, dude, what's going on here? Where can I find a source of what artists to buy? I've set everything up. What are the right artists? Who do I buy? Who has value? Who doesn't? He's like, he's like, bro, I just had this phone call with Sam two minutes ago. And Sam comes running downstairs. He's like, yo, are you on the phone with Matt Medved? And I was like, yeah, bro. He's like, yo, I just got off the phone with him. Like, <laughs> let's figure this thing out really quickly. I'm, You and I are having the exact same questions. So we get on a speakerphone and Matt goes like, hey, guys, like, I started this NFT Now Instagram account a few days ago and I have over 500 followers. And I was like, good, cool. I was wow. like, cool, that's pretty dope. When did you start? He's like, three days ago. And we're like, dope, that's awesome, man. Keep it up, whatever. Two days later, I called him. I was like, yo, how's that Instagram account doing? He's like, yo, we're up to like 15 or 1700. I was like, wait, did you buy bots? I was wow. like, yo, did you buy bots? And he's like, nah, man, this has been all organic. No, it's been all organic growth. And I was like, guys, we have an incredibly great opportunity here. We need to solve a problem. We should create a media company. Sam, Matt, and I yeah. all come from media backgrounds. So we're like, yo, this is simple. Like, We need to create the most trusted source that's objective. We need to create something that helps onboard people and speaks to also the people that are already in the, in the space. And so we go and we're like, yo, we should talk to, our, to some mentors and some advisors around this. And so we end up hitting Virgil. We're like, yo, Virgil, like, do you have a moment? Do we want to pitch you this idea? Like, We'd see if there's any interest on your part. And he's like, guys, this is incredible. Like, this is exactly what the space needs. But I wanted to let you know that, like, you guys should learn about your audience and your consumer. And I'm thinking about NFTs in the same way I'm thinking about fashion. And I was like, we were just like dead quiet. You know, when Virgil's speaking, you're like, yo, rest in peace. Thank you so much for all your guidance, brother. Give some context for who that is. A lot of people don't know who, who that is. Yeah. Yeah. So Virgil Abloh is one of our generation's greatest entrepreneurs, designers. Uh, he was uh, the creative director of Louis Vuitton. He worked with everyone from Kanye West to, you know, Nike to he has his own brand as well. Created Off-White. Off-White brand. And uh, he's just an he was an incredible cultural tastemaker, you know, like and he thought about culture in a completely different perspective. And he broke a lot of barriers for minorities and African-Americans to actually start being noticed in the fashion space when it was very much, uh, I want to say, a very mono uh, color uh, task for that concept. <laughs> Monochromatic, yeah. He broke into the fashion mainstream with streetwear and made it cool when Louis Vuitton thought that it wouldn't. They, 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 they made a huge bet on him and it paid off even better than they expected. That's a fact. You know, and... And he beat out Kanye for that position. And, and that made Kanye mad, but also respect him. Yeah, because wasn't he? I don't know the, the true story, but Virgil was working under Kanye at some point, right? Like in some capacity? Vir, yeah, Virgil Yeah, Virgil made Donda, basically. He basically made Donda. Or, or, or he, he, and when he was one of the primary, for, for, uh, you know, eyes behind uh, uh, the Yeezy brand. Kind of like uh, how, how Johnny Ive created the look of got Apple it, for Steve it, Jobs. It, it. It's like he created that the aesthetic of it. 
So to see your underling go to get your dream job, Kanye's dream job was to be the creative director of LV. And to see Virgil get that, he was like, man, you know, he's just sour grapes. I, I don't know, know the story about that, but thank you for the education on that. So going back to Virgil. Yeah, yeah Virgil's a genius, man. a genius. Man. And so he brought yeah. this concept to us about in fashion, there's two types of like consumers. There's the purists and then there's the tourists, right? There's the purists are the ones that go to every fashion show, they buy couture, they see it as a piece of art, they see it as a piece of work. And then there's the tourists who just go in and out and buy the nice things and they're like, yeah, yeah, I like it. And so we had died. He's like, you guys have to think about it from the same perspective. For NFTs, there's going to be the Web3, there's going to be the tourists and the purists. And so we're like, yo, that's genius. Thanks, Virgil. So we took that and we ran with it. And so we ended up starting really just solving our own problem. That's how we got into NFTs, solving our own problem. You know, like we wanted a trusted, objective voice that guided us or with a step-by-step process as to how to onboard. And so NFT now was birthed out of necessity. And so our mission is to empower the creators to culture by bringing NFTs from niche to mainstream. And our goal is to onboard uh, a billion people to the NFT platforms. Oh, well, I think that you're in the right place for that, sir. You're in the, you have a nice set of shovels in a very active gold rush. (laughs) So it's a very good time. And, you know, you put up a nice beachhead early. And um, I think that, I think that obviously like, okay, well, a few things. Well, so so actually, actually, let me see. Because we're talking first about the formation of this, this new media company. And it reminds me of uh, something I read of yours when you're talking about working with partners in the environment. You said uh, one of the biggest lessons that came out of that experience, which you're talking about experience working with partners, is that the knowledge of the environment in which we operate plays a critical role in our success as people. When we have an opportunity to improve our environment and our relationship to it, we have the ability and duty to manifest growth, sustainability, and harmonic resonance within our community and nature. Do you feel like there is a corollary between that and what you're doing with the nft now media company that, that platform oh absolutely man I, and thank you so much for bringing that that's actually one of my favorite passages uh, because i think man is shaper of the environment and vice versa right the environment can shape us but yeah and this is exactly what we want to bring you know we want to bring a, a reliable source of truth right when people are empowered with the truth and they can make empower themselves to make choices that are uh, aligned with their greatest values right so for example a our culture at NFT now, we are a culture of celebration. So we celebrate everything with, from our staff, from our employees to the smallest wins to things of that nature. And so yep. that reverberates or functions or vibrates at a higher caliber than a culture that is based on KPIs, right? So it's like, yeah, of course we have our goals and our insights, but like we, we celebrate. And so that reverberates into the, into the community. We're here to empower people. We're not here to shill you. We're not here to sell you. We're not here. We're here to empower you and, and educate you so that you can then make the decisions that align with your vision and your goals, right? And so like if if you're in a community where you feel empowered and you're in a, in a community where you are being educated, then you're willing to make decisions, right? And make in those decisions that align with your well-being, whether it's making money because there's nothing wrong with wanting to make money or creating an impact, distributing your work you know, getting rid of the middlemen, right? Making sure that digital artists actually have a voice and make a living are like, you know, one of the things that we speak about in NFT now is really about like making sure that the word starving artist loses its meaning, right? Like we want to remove that from the vocabulary and it's not just the artists, we want creators, right? NFTs are going to go beyond art. 
It just happens to be that that's the mainstream aspect. Every major technological transformation begins as a toy. This time it just happens to be art, right? And so this is like the fun collectible space, but wait until you start seeing what it does to finance, to cars, to loans, to, um, you know, medical, to healthcare, to just interacting with jewelry, right? Like we're going back to Louis Vuitton. Imagine buying like, what is it? The Birkin bag or that's Hermes. Imagine being Hermes, right? And like you have the Birkin bag, you know how much fraud happens in high-end luxury goods so like that how much they billions oh, yeah. of dollars oh, so yeah. now instead of buying the birkin bag i buy the nft from louis from lvmh for hermes and be like yo now i can go claim the birkin bag if i'm the owner of the nft right, and now have right. guaranteed proof of that so that's where they're coming back to the environment is being creating um an environment of trust Right. When you can feel if there's safety, if there's psychological safety in any environment, Daniel, as you may probably know, is anything can prosper and grow. So we as NFT now, we can provide psychological safety to the NFT industry, to the new onboarders, to people coming in and to the purest of the space as a shepherd, as a guiding light that, hey, this is not just all scams and shills, but really this is a transformative concept. Then the environment will prosper and grow. Yes, well said. It is the Web3 ethos as well of like, I think Web3 in some ways flips Web2 on its head because Web2 said product first and then community and Web3 says community first and then product. So if you're, if you're, if you're entering in with an ethos that's focused on, you know, creating something that's, that's valuable for people and that they want to, they want to engage with, then you can, you know, and I think that's, I think that's, what's happening in the web three space. Like you look at some of these um, like crypto games, for instance, that are all about the community. The game hasn't even developed yet, but the community is already so big uh, because they're putting a lot of thought into the, into that their, their entire ethos and, and they're making a brand identity. And I think you guys are doing that well. Like you're making a brand identity as a shepherd. You're, you're creating, you're, you're building a platform where you're going to be able to do kind of whatever you want with it. Like I, I, I think that it's a good, I, I feel like it's a good fit for you because it, it, takes your yeah i think you have like a spiritual philosophy like you know all business is spiritual and i think you have technical experience just because of your time with verizon and and elite daily where you can understand the media component of a of a business and i think you're you're marrying both nicely because i can see how you can take nft now and it can be much bigger than it is now there are a lot of things you can do with that platform as the shepherd because it's such an early space that you will naturally grow as the space grows. So I think it's a, just from a business perspective, I just want to say, I, I like it. Thanks, man. I really appreciate <laughs> it. And with that, with, with that growth comes responsibility, right? And, of and, course. It, and it, it's something of that's course. incredibly evident. It, you know, so a lot of our competitors... You can fumble the bag too. You just Even if you have a head start, you can fuck it up. It doesn't mean It doesn't anything. mean anything. So it comes in every... Like the thing about media, Daniel, is that you got to show up and reinvent the product every single day. It's not like Apple where you they design the product yep. one day and then like, you know, they have a year for of worth of sales, right? You, media is about showing up yeah. every day, creating value every single day in a different but consistent way. Yeah. So I think for us, it's really about the word is about this, the details and consistency, you know. Um, and one of the things that it, what we love about NFTs is that the industry and the market is self-regulating, right? Like, I think that that's incredibly aspect. That's incredibly something important that we need to speak to. The community doesn't align with something that you're building. If it doesn't align with the ethos or the value of the community, the community will correct you. Either it'll help you pivot or it will chew you out and not welcome you back. 
You eject you. Yeah, it's regulation, right? It's regulation at its finest, right? And, and that's the thing about being on the blockchain. Everything is transparent, right? Everything's fact-checkable. Yeah. Here, here's something I want to know. Like, uh, did you hear recently about that $4.5 billion, the Bitcoin? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I don't know details, but I've read the headlines. How did, like, I don't know the details, but... So, okay. Apparently, this couple either directly or through some proxy got access to the keys from a, a heist that happened on one of the uh, major exchanges in 2016. $4.5 billion worth of Bitcoin. And uh, first of all, it just goes to show you guys, people have this misconception of Bitcoin or any, any crypto being easy for criminals to use. It's the hardest thing to use. It's all trackable. It's all traceable. It's very easy to see a wallet transfer from one wallet to another. It's very easy. So that's a misnomer you guys should know about. But the government recovered this money. They tracked it down, uh, $4.5 billion. And um, I just wonder what they're going to do with it. What do you think they're going to do with it? I don't know. They're going to keep it on the balance sheet for right now. That's one thing. So the United States government has Bitcoin on the balance sheet. That's for starters. You know what I mean? So <laughs> I've been thinking about that a lot. You know, it's like they, they, they act, they're, they're, what they're saying is we don't, we don't trust Bitcoin. But what they're doing is we'll hold on to this. We'll hold on to this. And I think I think there's, there's going to have to be a uh, I think there has to be somewhat of a fiduciary duty from the United States government as a shepherd to since that since the ledger is there, it's public. Right. So you can actually go back and figure out who owned what type of money. It's evidence, though. It's evidence. Right. It's evidence to an extent. Right. But if it, if the correct judge, if the correct jury, the man that they the, the U.S. government, because it's like, hey, let's put it this way. Right. And this is just my opinion. I don't know. Guys, I just want to pre preface this contextually. I don't know the details of the case. I have no idea. I just know the headlines. Hypothetically speaking, if someone steals my AirPods, right, and the cops find it, and I go to the cops like, hey, I can prove that that's my headphones, and the cops prove that it is, there's a, there's a responsibility to say, yeah, these are your headphones actually here to return it, right? right. So right. if I, as a user, I can prove that of that 4.5 billion, let's just say 20K is mine or 100 million, right? Because at the time, maybe 20K ended up being a 50 million, right? 20K of Bitcoin at the time ended up being 50 right, million. Right, right, yeah. With the yeah. value, yeah, with the value. I want the whole value. Right. <laughs> I, don't want the, I don't want the dollar value. I want the number of coins. Right. So I think from, from, that, from that standpoint, I want the Bitcoin. I don't want the value. I want the Bitcoin that I had. Here's the ledger. Yeah. Here's right. the ledger. Look, I can prove to you that this is my, this was my wallet. Here's my. This is where now KYC people are gonna be like pro KYC, right? Because they're gonna be like, look, I what's KYC? I know your customer. So like, it's a it's a process. It's a process in banking for anti money laundering and being able to trace it. So it's like, hey, look, listen, my account is linked to my identity. Of that, I had two hundred Bitcoin stolen. I would like to petition the court for that to re be returned to me. Thank you. So I think when I'm thinking about this is like in a similar sense of like, I don't know if you remember, but um, the Pharma bro, he had the Wu-Tang album. He's in jail now, but he had the Wu-Tang album, right? And the Wu-Tang yep. album was actually they picked NFT'd up. That. Yeah, they NFT'd it and they have it. P uh, the Pleaser DAO picked it up, but there has to be some correlation. So the, just because it's government evidence or government property doesn't mean that it's always going to be remain so, right? And I promise you, I promise you that there's somebody out there who's been waiting for this day. Oh, yes. Who's like, yo, 
I use that platform, that shit's mine, I can prove this case that's gonna put together I'm sure. a case against the Department of Justice who's gonna be like, I'm hey, sure. I need my money back, right? And here's how I can yeah. prove it. They're gonna drag it out as long as possible though. That's, the government will, will, they might eventually do it. I don't know, it, man, fold, I don't know. But they're gonna drag it I, out as long as I possible. I don't know. Oh, we're, like, we're working on it, we're the paperwork, there's so much paperwork. Like what, three years? <laughs> it's gonna be maybe three years, right? right. Off until, until what? Until they probably like potentially give it back. Yeah, maybe. Well, that's that, not a yeah, long time. Like maybe. if you're waiting, if you're waiting for a fit, I just think yeah, about like these that's things. a great thought. But if you're waiting for fifty million to get back to your pocket, you know what I mean? What's three well, years, right? True, yeah, it depends on how much you're waiting right. for. Yeah, if you well, and if you've well, if you've been waiting since 2016 when it got stolen, then you're waiting. You know, three plus, you know, plus however. But at least they found it. At least you're, at least you're like, yo, they found so, it. I know. Yeah, so ten years. Oh, yeah. Now, I'd much rather have the government find it and me petition to get it back than have to, lo- I lost my, my drive. I lost my freaking wallet, <laughs> my physical wallet in a dumpster somewhere. And I'm, and I'm like some of these guys who are paying hundreds of thousands to dig up a landfill where one of their wallets is. And they're saying, well, just the odds of me finding it. If I happen to find it, it's 200 million. I'll just, I'll spend a million to find it. And you're just like, Oh, God, if your whole life is devoted to this, just do something else, man. You missed the Bitcoin boat. But you they, missed it. No, did you hear about this guy on Twitter that he found an old hard drive and ended up having like tens of tens of millions of dollars with the Bitcoin in it? What? Yeah, man. La- last year, I don't know the details. Yeah, this guy remembered that he had an on comp- like on drive wallet. He remembered. Back- he re- no no he seriously he's like he was cleaning it he was moving and he remembered that like, you know when you open up the laptop. You know, Daniel, you know, you know when you open up something, yes, you're a yes, box yes, that yes. you don't haven't used in a long time. You're I like, just, yo, shit. Oh, yeah, that's right. So, guys, for, for those who don't have context on the audience, um, early wallets yeah. were attached to physical computers, like you, to your hard drive. Yeah. Like it, yep. this whole like custodial wallet relationship did not exist. No. Like this is why Coinbase is so successful because they were the first ones to create a custodial wallet that allowed you to travel or move out around it. But like before, like you had to drive some janky ass wallets who didn't have resources, who didn't have support. It was some guy from like either Ukraine or the guy from like the basement putting together you just this have someone janky physically exchange system. a Bitcoin with somebody. You had bro. There was a point, I think one of my friends was telling me that he actually ended up buying a drive with a Bitcoin off eBay because Mm -hmm. he didn't know how to get Bitcoins, right? So people were putting them on hard drives and selling them on eBay so people could actually have Web3 is just the public face of the dark web, which we've already seen. And people had a hard time getting on the dark web, navigating because they had a Tor browser, Onion Router, and people couldn't do it. So they had to just buy it off on those drives. Yeah. And so to that place, I'm, I'm hopeful. I hope people get their money back. I think this is if the government gives it back. We're now seeing Apple come out saying like we're accept crypto. YouTube's going to accept crypto. Apple said that? Look. It, when did Apple yeah, say I that? I think they're going to start accepting crypto. Really? I, I think, let me look it up really quickly. Yeah, That's great. That, That's uh, great Apple if they said that. Apple accepting crypto. Now, are they going to make any buys? I don't know, man. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see what they say. Because I've, uh, I've seen a few companies say they're considering taking it, but they're not going to buy any yet. Oh, no, 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 no. Wait, 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 wait. Yes, 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 yes. Look, <laughs> Yahoo, February 9th, right here. Like, like, I found it. I found it, guys, okay? The what does po- it say? Positive alpha. Give me a second. What does it say? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put it right here. I'm going to send it to you right here on the chat. I'm going to so give you, you a, a countdown right. anytime you say alpha. Okay. 
Yeah, all right. <laughs> Let me look at this. Uh, Apple to enable crypto payments with tap to pay by end of 2022. Nice. In a press release yesterday, Apple announced yeah. the new tap to pay feature for the iPhone. This feature enables millions of Apple Pay merchants to easily facilitate transactions using a simple tap regardless of the payment method. Uh, Apple introduces part uh, apart from Apple Pay itself. So using the NFT technology, the company will be providing... Da -da -da. Aha. Uh, now how this translates into crypto payments is that recently Coinbase and Crypto.com both launched their own debit cards. The Coinbase card and Crypto.com Visa card allow users to basically use their acquired cryptocurrency as payment methods. But the, both the giant uh, companies further integrated with payment giants, Apple Pay and Google Pay. So it looks like it looks like basically it's a partnership with Coinbase and Crypto.com for them to partner up with with Apple Pay and just start accepting crypto. That's still massive, bro. That's massive. I mean, it, it, it's huge. And I mean, there's been a lot of things like that recently between, you know, them just renaming Staples Center, which is a big deal, to, to I don't know if you saw this, Melania Trump ended up buying her own NFT back for $170,000. That's huge news. That's historical, bro. <laughs> All in Solana, too. Formula One, Formula One is my favorite sport. <laughs> and FTX sponsors Mercedes. Crypto, crypto, I think another crypto exchange sponsors the whole thing. It's not too long before we start seeing DAOs coming together to buy sports teams and DAOs oh, yeah. put together uh, efficiencies, you know, NFTs as tickets. Coachella, lifetime ticket as an NFT, bro. Oof. Up to bid. That you know? that would be... And man, it always starts with culture. I no, it's, it's happening. Dive for lifetime ticket to Coachella. You know, yeah. it would be fun. You know what I mean? And people are, people are going to be bidding for it and you're going to see someone pay a million dollars for it. Easy. Oh, Take. easily. Done. Easily. Guys, I hope you're enjoying this episode. I'm really enjoying uh, dropping these gems for you today. I hope you're enjoying all the things Alejandro uh, has to share with us. And if you haven't checked out uh, newwaveentrepreneur.com, this is where all of the content for the show is hosted. And I've seen over the months that the show has continued to grow and grow and grow. And I'll ask you for a favor. Make sure that you're telling your friends and family about what we're doing here on this show because it's not just about the content. It's about the movement we're creating. The new wave is about preparing yourself for what's to come. It's about understanding that the world is changing, that the wave is happening, whether you want it to or not, and learning to surf rather than get crushed by this wave. And so bring your friends and family along with you. The things we're talking about are important, not only for you, but for the people that you care about. And make sure you're sharing this podcast. Make sure that you're leaving a review if you haven't already. And leaving a comment, even a one-sentence comment helps. It helps the show to grow, helps people that really are in the, who are, who are in our same wavelength, get in the boat with us <laughs> because we're going. Uh, so that's the first thing. And the second thing is, remember, uh, VIP tickets for the Peak Performance Workshop are opening up February 16th. So I'm recording this on February 15th. You'll be listening to this, I'm sure, on February 16th or afterwards. And you can go to newwaveentrepreneur.com forward slash VIP to get tickets. This is where busy people are going to learn to channel that ambition and that energy into focused, productive work that beats the competition and 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 uh, beats your own personal expectations, which I think is even more important. So that's the mid roll for today, as they call it in marketing. Okay, let's get back to the show with Alejandro. And that's what's amazing, man. NFTs have been in, in, in starting slowly, but now the virus of NFT, quote unquote, has entered mainstream culture. And now the moment that you start doing that, it's it's unstoppable. It's like hip hop. Yeah. Do you remember the history of hip hop? 
how niche it started. Hip hop, you had it like I was just reading. Oh, I was yeah. just reading Will Smith's oh, yeah. book, and oh, yeah. he was saying in his book that hip hop, mm-hmm. hip hop, you had too, to yeah. burn the tape. Like you had to record tapes, and people from New York were, would yeah. bring them down to Philly, <laughs> Bird, yeah. right? Similar yeah, with yeah, NFTs, yeah. right? People yeah. would just trade with NFTs. Early Bitcoin, right? We have to do it, and now then and then it started happening with the Russell Simmons of the world bringing them to more mainstream, right? So it's like same things happening here, and so. It's like, oh yeah. my God, what's yeah. gonna happen, right? It's culture, right? Like you start seeing things with Board Ape Yacht Club, all these celebrities, all these basketball players. You know, I think even DJ Khaled has a Board Ape. Uh, Steph Curry has a Board Ape. You know, they starts permeating culture in that capacity mm-hmm. initially, mm-hmm. and then essentially, what's gonna happen is that every year that NFTs b- become relevant, the more value the older NFTs are gonna hold, right? So. It's, it becomes historical. And historical. Yes. I'm In certain right now, collections. One thing I will tell you. Any, most if not all NFTs are going to go to zero. That's fine. And it's okay. Things happen. Right? It's like startups. Most yes. of them don't succeed. Right? Having said that, 10 years from now, if you had an NFT that was minted 2021 or before, that's going to be historical. There's a probability or a higher chance of a 2021 collection to be resuscitated 10 years from now. Like, yo, this is a historical NFT. Yo, do you remember? Oh my God. Yeah. Like, oh, the floor is nothing. Let's pick them up. Okay. Boom. And then some, just the right person gets it and boom. Right. So that's why I'm not selling. This is why I'm not selling. Like I'm buying. I lost. I look, listen guys, I've made money, but I've also lost money. You know what I mean? Some of my, some of my collections went to zero. If not any, like some of the things I collected actually didn't hold its value as I'd like to, but my winners outweigh my losers, but I'm not selling my losers. I'm not getting rid of them. Uh, Cause like there is the sentimental and historical value to it that at some point, a 14-year-old kid five, six years from now may end up finding the collection and a whole group of people make them cool again, right? So it's just like, all right, hold that value. That's just my personal opinion, not financial advice, but you know, that's I got to put that out there. Well, I heard someone say, you know, we always put the disclaimer on there, but I heard someone say uh, rich people sell, but wealthy people just keep buying, you know? They don't really, like, unless there's a reason to get out or you really need the cash, there's no reason to sell. I, I, I kind of feel like that with crypto in general. I mean, obviously, there are different strategies with DeFi, different ways you can make moves and do stuff. But like, generally speaking, kind of just like accruing, acquiring. That seems to be a pretty simple strategy. But most people try to make too many, too many complex moves. If you're trying to do karate. You haven't even mastered, you know, the basics. You haven't even mastered putting yet. on the belt. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> you know, just like, yeah, you know, it's like, yeah, it's too, you're trying to go too advanced. Yeah, and and I, and I think with with NFTs in particular too, it's like. We're only thinking of them right now as these little pieces of art, but they're going to be part of our daily experience, whether or not we know we're using them in the future. It's like if, if you would have said to someone, you're going to be, do you want to use SMS messaging? I would have been like, no, I'm good. But then, you know, as soon as text messages came along, I didn't have a choice. That's what we're using now. So NFTs are the same thing. It's just a new piece of technology and it's created a new, there's, there's, there's a, a, uh, classic book called positioning and uh it's like from the from the 80s and the whole idea is that like each concept has a certain number of hooks in your brain for like leading brands or leading concept identifiers and the update to that book was called um it was called i think category kings and it says it's all about leading a category and nfts have created a new category in the mind of the public which is like digital ownership 
even though that already kind of existed, it's like really solidified it in a way. And now people are going to put different hooks in the NFT space. So NFT is the category and then different positions are like, I'm the NFT for real estate. I'm the NFT for art. I'm the NFT for fashion or whatever. I'm just making this up. But it's like the categories NFTs. Before we didn't even have the category. We didn't have an understanding of the category. Now we understand the category. And then within that category, there's going to be the fight for position. And each position will have like three to five people who are visible and everyone else falls off. <laughs> no, that's a really good theory, man. I think like yeah, to that to that point, it's all about category creations, right? This is where NFT now, we're category creator. And um, right. when we're thinking about that expansion and that onboarding, right. it's like not, yes. nothing that we're building. And mind you, what you've seen, guys, is really Web 2.5, right? Like what we're building for Web 3.0, it's like Web 3, what right. we're building yeah, it's not even is going to be yet. a game changer for media companies. I yeah. can't really talk about it yet, but like... It's it's gonna be amazing, man. And I think like what most people, this is a once in a generation moment. You know, if you ever wondered yourself, oh, if I could only go back and be at the beginning of the internet, or if I could ever go back and be at the beginning of X, Y, and Z, don't wish you are at the beginning of this. So, like, you have to participate. You have to get involved, regardless of how you want to do it, as a collector, as a buyer, as an investor, as an operator, as as a and it's an employee, as a founder, whatever it is, just get involved. Yes. Like, like, listen, do not get left behind. Don't be that person ten years from now where you're like, where was I? Because you couldn't ignore. You can't ignore this, right? Is it hard to get on? Yes, but there's, but I'm telling you, there's highly intelligent and very authentic and kind people who are going to be building amazing tools to help onboard the next hundred million and the next billion. Right, NFT. Now we're going. Our mission, like again, is to onboard one billion people to NFTs, to educate them, empower them, and to help them generate value with for themselves and for the community at large. Editors, use that as the as the teaser promo <laughs> for the trailer. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> that was good. That's what I want to hear. Yes, that's the point. Don't. That's. This is what I was talking about with waves. You know, waves are, are naturally occurring when you're in the water and we're all in the water here. And it's how you deal with the wave. It's coming. You're in the water. Are we going to surf it? Are we going to learn about it? Are we going to invest our time and money into it? Are we going to take ownership of our responsibility in creating it? Or are we going to say, oh, it's all changing. I don't know what's happening. I don't know that we weren't doing fiat currencies anymore. I don't know about NFTs. You know, you just, you just, you learn. You know, and I, I think that millennials are in a unique position as well because um, we are really stepping into leadership of the generation. Like we're still young, uh, but we are we're certainly now getting to a point where we're making more of the decisions. A lot of the things that we that at least that I deal with in my daily experience are shaped by millennials. I even laugh sometimes when I get DoorDash <laughs> and I'll say, ah, what a millennial company. You guys really get me. You know that I'm not leaving. You know, I thank God for the millennial companies. And I'm happy that we're starting to lead a little bit in crypto. I think the world can thank millennials for crypto. You know, I think I think NFTs are really the vehicle to bring crypto mainstream. I wouldn't say it's the millennial, but I think it's the mm-hmm. digestible, right, concept that people are going to be able to see it tangibly, right? Because like DeFi and ICOs were too complex. You know, they were really there as financial instruments for for the finance people to transition from a traditional centralized banking system to a decentralized one. But again, like for culture, again, it comes down to culture. Culture is what moves the needle. Culture is what sets the trends. Culture and DeFi wasn't cultural. It was niche. 
Like, 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 dude, I didn't, bro. No. I like, I stayed no. away from crypto for a little bit because it was just derivatives and options and trading and like this and that. You know, what people I mean? don't like, like regular it, finance, right? Like, and you so know, now, like, gonna, this is this. Yeah, it's not interesting. But like, it's now I get to either. own a piece of art. Now I get to empower a creator. Now I get to double. I can flip it easily through tools like OpenSea and MetaMask, right? Like, there is this element of education and understanding that goes beyond the DeFi, right? It's kind of like no one really cares how the dollar works, right? Most people don't even know what the Fed is, right? Like, like they don't even know what monetary policy no. is, right? But they know that they can no. go buy off-white, right? And off-white then signals who they are, right? So it, it's an identity maker, right, that people take on. So NFTs really help create and expand well, your digital identity and you can symbolize that and signal that to the world. That's what makes NFTs so powerful. That's why, that's... I, I, t- I totally, I told I'm, I'm like, I'm like and you. I'm like, oh, I want to, I'm so, I'm so, I'm so like, I'm so charged up. Uh, well, because I think about this stuff all the time. And I think about, I think about like, uh, well, that, that's why I think it's such a, it's such a, a millennial concept because we, we are the ones who invented the creator economy. I was in the shower this morning and I was taking my fucking cold shower. You know, I was like doing my breath work and I'm thinking, thank God I get to show up today and my work is as a podcaster. <laughs> what the fuck is going on here? How is this possible? Yeah. And I'm just like, like tears of pain because the water is so cold in Oregon and joy. Yeah. And that's a millennial thing. We invented the idea of like monetizing your passion. Exactly. Where's mine? <laughs> Where's mine at? It's around here somewhere. <laughs> This is the most, you know? so, so, so Daniel, this is like uh, for the audience who's not uh, watching the video, uh, I just held up the copy of the book, The Sovereign Individual by James Dale Davidson and Lord William Resmog. This is the most fundamentally, I've read this book in 2010 when I first got the copy and I didn't really grasp it. I understood it, but I didn't grasp it. There's a difference between grasping and understanding something. And then this is, I, would, I can tell you this right now, that this book is the most important book of our generation. Yes. And it's completely Those slept on. Those who read it will win. It's basically predicting much of what we've already encountered in terms of our the internet and the technology and how it would change the world and what you're going to need to do to prepare. Uh, some things are funny, like the references to Y2K, which Peter Thiel talks about in the intro, you know, as like, don't don't worry about this, Which, but most of the other stuff. I got the intro, yeah, Peter Thiel intro. Don't worry about this, guys. Um, and I tell, I, you know, I actually, that was one of the books I recommend for all my clients to read. And I say, you know, don't be afraid of the fact it's a little dry. It's okay. Really, you know, it's, it is very interesting, but sometimes they'll go so deep into a topic. You're like, okay, we need to now come back because we're too deep into this. They'll go so deep into the history and of, of the mega politics of why events happen to create economy and how that affected technology and culture. You're like, oh God, I'm all the way in the asshole of history. But once you zoom all the way out, you see, wow, they really have a view of, how changes affect large groups of people over long periods of time. That's it, baby. That's culture, right? It, ne- it never. It's culture. If you want to yeah, see, if you, if you want to see where the world is going, take a look at the culture creators. Yeah. Take a look at the weird, the crazies, the booms, the things that are happening in the corners of the internet, at the fringes of the internet. Have you been to a Kanye concert? If so, nah, which one, bro? That's the one thing I like. I need to. I no? need to so bad, man. Oh. I need to so bad, man. Like that, that that's my promise to myself. It's just like I'm a 
after after COVID, I was like, yo, I'm going to start flying to concerts versus waiting for concerts to come to me. I'm going to yeah. start going. You have to. Miami is a good place to get a lot of concerts, so you're going to get most of them. Yeah, but it, it, it like I think like I'm still going to follow follow my the the thing. Like for example, I want to go see Coldplay at a concert, dude. Like I got to go see the Coldplay. Yeah, I don't want to miss the chance to see anybody that I really want to see, and you yeah, never after know. After this shit, bro, I'm like, yo, boom, you boom, know? I'm yeah. there. You know? Yeah, I really appreciate live experiences. I really appreciate live music live performances and when you can't have it it's even more oh attractive. man if you like live experiences wait until you see what we're going to be doing in new york city on june 23rd i can't drop it but we're going oh yeah what's happening it? yeah what can't drop it you can't, can't just, drop it just yet. put an easter egg yeah, like that and just tuned. casually walk just away tuned. just stay tuned <sighs> we're doing it we're going to be doing a massive massive irl url activation oh man okay you're bridging you're bridging the gap between uh, IRL and URL. That's what we do. This is called, it's NFT now. It's not later. You know what I mean? Man, you you are. Do you guys consider yourself the the what would be the I mean the elite daily of the of that team space? Like, or what's the comparison? There's no there's no is there there's a comparison? No comparison, man. We are the most trusted source. Who covered early internet media? Wired in, in uh in the dial up. Wired. Yeah. Wired. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, so are you going to expand to all t- to all to the, the whole space of Web three? I can't tell you that. We can't. We can't say. Well, the only reason the only reason why you say that is because the answer is no, yes. No, no, if you no, weren't going to, you'd be what? like, no, that's not what the, we're going to do. The, the true focus is really about focusing on the niche, right? Like, it's, 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 when yeah. you have focus, you yeah, get. Yeah, yeah. T- that's that's you got fair. it. You know what I mean? And it's not to say. Meaning, well, you guys are still so dude, new. We're six months old. You know, you're still we're so six new. Six months old. Yeah, you gotta. You if you if you did that, you'd have to really hammer it here for a while because. Even though you're the big ones, your position isn't solid really until a few more cycles of this Bro, shit. Like, we're still in the first round of this game. To give context to your audience, we're actually in the third round. Like historically speaking, 2017 was the first round with CryptoPunks and CryptoKitties. Well, the yes, second, yes, the yes. second round came about soon. This is the third wave of NFTs, right? This is the real big boom. 2019 was the second. Uh, 2020. And 2021 was a third one, right? And so, like, this is not the first waves of things yeah. of that nature. I think what we've seen is the mass adoption of the tools and the frameworks that are there, right? Like on-ramping with fiat, on-ramping with the crypto, being able to purchase and centralize, decentralized things, right? Mm-hmm. Like uh, mm-hmm. OpenSea, Rare Bible, Looks Rare, you know, uh, Super yeah. Rare, yeah. you know what I mean? Foundation, <laughs> like, you name it. But these tools didn't exist in 2017, Right, like CryptoPunks were given away at yeah. ETH Denver, for God's sake, you know, like you you lined up and you got one yeah, for free. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, my God. Yeah. Ah! You know, well, ga- it's funny that gamers are like, we've been doing this for years. You know, this is nothing new to yeah. us. You guys are just now getting the message. I have a I have a friend who in high school uh, used to sell the the things he would get in Diablo games, and he would sell them on eBay. And I thought that was genius. Yeah, dude. It was genius because he was selling these not, and people would pay like hard cash for these like swords what's the and stuff. one um world of warcraft you can sell your like you can sell your people yeah. for, like hundreds of thousands of dollars and i was like what yeah, yeah it's nfts bro it, it, it's it's yeah it's nfts it's it's, it's just this is a more organized trackable way of doing that's it that's all it is the, yeah this is really um do you think that the the potential for elevating consciousness through uh through a, uh, an expansion of our technology does it does that in any way to you have a connection 
with plant medicine. Yeah, so contextual for that, I, I'm an incredibly big advocate for psilocybin. Uh, it helped change my life. I'm a microdose advocate. I, I believe that macro journeys are really important, but I really think that the sustainable long-term growth to help humanity is going to go through microdosing. And, um, you know, one thing that I am concerned about uh, to preface this is that NFTs also have come come down with their the counterculture as well right like it has some counters to it um mental health being one of them i'm seeing a lot of people burn out the 24 7 cycles you know like the pumps and the dumps and like yo the white list and this and people are oh, going yeah. up and down and so like <laughs> you know, when I, oh my as god a coach, i have to make sure that my, in my spiritual practices i always let people know like yo you have to prioritize your mental health because without people there's no web three if there's no web, th- like, listen, if there are no healthy people, there's yeah. no web three, right? So are we elevating web four? Maybe we can just have the robots. <laughs> listen, you know what web four is going to be, man? <laughs> web four is going to be humans. That's really what it is, man. Like web four is going to go going back outside because we've automated everything that we need to do. So it's just like, <laughs> hey, we're going to go outside again. But in, in, that rea- in, in that reality, man, I think like it's more important than ever to understand that web three is allowing uh, the psychological safety of generating financial freedom, right? And I think that 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 sovereignty. When people ask me like Alejandro, what do you think decentralization is? And I and I want to make sure that it's very simple and very clear. Decentralization is sovereignty, right? It's that simple, yeah. right? Sovereignty of your finances, sovereignty of individuals, sovereignty of moving, sovereignty of goods, sovereignty of anything from anybody. So it's really empowering the individual to move freely across. imaginable lines right and and so when we think about like the elevation of consciousness it's really about like allowing us to really express a express ourselves organically naturally and authentically number two is allowing you to that expression to actually be rewarded in terms of a financial outtake for you so you can actually live in the real world because look i don't care how spiritual you are you still got to pay bills you know what I mean? And like th- th- there is a level of pragmatism. Like this is one thing there, there, there is an overarching like way too spiritual, right? Like there, 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 you still got to produce, you still got to work. You, you, if you're in survival mode, you can't take care of that's yourself. Right. And so this is what, uh, this is, you know, what, in, existing in a modern society, you have to take care of those basic you have things. To. And so what Web3 <laughs> does is that it decentralizes you from going to the office, from doing it from, an, in a, from a place of like, I have to versus I get to, right? So that transition is really powerful, but it comes down, man. Like, I think like, again, coming back to it, NFTs, Web3 is incredibly daunting, right? Don't think that you're going to figure this out in a fucking a day or a year. I've been in this space for in crypto since 2014. What is that? Eight years now. I still don't even get staking, right? Like, or yield farming, put it that way, right? <laughs> Number two, NFTs, it's about time in the market. It's not about timing the market. It's really about playing the long game, seeing, seeing the objective of it, learning, set up your wallet, buy an NFT. Who gives a fuck if it goes to zero, but just go through the experience of buying an NFT. I ended up minting my first NFT because I wanted to experience what it was like to mint an NFT, to put it up for sale. Not because I'm an artist, yeah. but because I wanted to go through that process so that I could understand the artist. Exactly. Right. So a lot of the people are like, yo, how, where do I learn? Here, NFT now exists to help guide you, right? NFT now is that help to guide you. But at the end of the day, it's like going to the gym, right? Anybody can tell you what to do. Anybody can show you how to lift. But if you don't lift yourself, you're not going to get the results. So this is what I tell people. You got to get in the game. You got to put skin in the game. Get on Twitter. 
Go into the discords, start chatting, start figuring out, ask questions, ask questions publicly. Don't DM people like, hey, what's an NFT? No, do your research. And if once you have done your research and you have more questions, then bring it up to the community. The community is the most helpful person. What I love about the NFT community is that it helps those who are helping themselves, right? And I think that that's what we need to reward, right? I think that there's that capacity of saying, hey, I've done the research, I've done the homework, here's my product, I need your help. I've done it this far, how can you help me to elevate? And that's that's the most important thing is like putting skin in the game, you know? And one thing is like, please understand that NFTs don't owe you shit, right? You got to put in the work. <laughs> you got to put in the work. Put in the work in building community. Get to know your peers. Get to know them. Participate in the Twitter spaces. Show up in discords. Create value in ways that hasn't been created before. You know, experiment. Express yourself fully. You know, if you want to art, art it. There's always going to be a buyer. If you have something to sell, there's always a buyer. Is it going to happen right away? If you're lucky enough, yes. If not, be persistent. Show up. Be consistent. You know what I mean? I know that people have been able to change their lives through NFTs and that's incredibly valuable and incredibly awesome. And I also know that there's a dark side to the NFTs, right? So always do your homework, do your research. Don't ever, 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 guys, don't ever give away your seed phrase, first and foremost. I just want to make sure you do that. Don't don't click on any links that you don't know. Don't answer any DMs from people that you don't know. Like just really start engaging community in a very public way. The public, the pub, in the public persona is what's going to give you that trust. And mind you, you can be anonymous and still be public, right? So think about Twitter as a town square. You go to Twitter, there's a town square, right? I think one one thing that I keep thinking about, Daniel, and I, and I'll, this is probably be my last thought because I have to drop. But like this is my, I've been thinking a lot about what NFT and Web3 is in correlation to Burning Man, right? When you think about Burning Man as a whole, it's Mm -hmm. this incredible, amazing experience. It's one of my favorites. Black Rock City is one of my favorite cities in the world. And when you go there, there's these amazing pieces of art, sculpture, there's different dynamics. There's a set of rules of engagement or agreements of engagements, right? Radical self-reliance, et cetera, bring your own water, gifting economy, right? Things of that nature. And what I love about it is that it's very similar to Web3, right? And it's like, hey, there's there's math, but there's different camps, right? When you go to Board Ape Yacht Club, you get a completely different experience than when you go to Dead Fellas or, uh, you know, Doodles or Cool Cats, but those are camps, quote unquote, in this larger ecosystem, mm-hmm. right? So it's not to say that anyone is less or more. There's also some riggedy camps that are just there just because they're part of it and they're there, but they're still enjoying, right? Like there's something, some that are more developed. There's some more that have larger budgets, but it doesn't, t- doesn't take away from the experience. And so it, it, quite the opposite, it adds to the experience. So I've been thinking about what does these correlations are, but it's an incredibly powerful new system that's going to empower creators of culture. It's going to change mainstream it's going to really fundamentally shift the way we look at value creation and identity. It's also going to fundamentally shift the way that we consume things in the IRL world. And wait until this shit hits your financial system. Wait until you can buy a house and pay your mortgage through an NFT. Wait until you buy a car and you pay off your car and that your type, your car title is an NFT. Wait until your medical records are your NFT and you only you with your wallet can access them. Imagine being empowered with your medical record. Today, you can't even get your own medical record without a subpoena 
or some crazy shit. Your doctor won't even let you have your medical folder, right? So like, imagine this world of capacity. We're just even getting started. And to whoever, whoever's listening to this, if you think you're late, we if, thinking about this from a chapter, from a book, okay? We haven't even opened the introduction. We're still at that page that tells you like the, this is like the page that we're in. We're still, tell, we're still yeah. telling you. The publishers, the publishers. Uh, <laughs> the disclosures. Yeah. Like, like, like yeah. this book hasn't even been written, guys. Like, you know. Yeah. Copyright, you know, st- 2021. If you're listening yeah. to this podcast, you're early. Like you're, you're super fucking early. Just get involved. Well, that's all I got to say for today, folks. Uh, Alejandro, we will catch up with you on the next episode, uh, uh, where we'll then have another longer rant on uh, all the things we didn't talk about. With <laughs> Let's rock, bro! And uh, and in the me- <laughs> and in the meantime, uh, guys, check out the NFT Now podcast. We'll put all the information for that in the show notes. And uh, much love. Thank you for being part of this wonderful episode. Well, that concludes today's episode of The New Wave Entrepreneur. I hope you loved listening as much as I loved recording this for you. Make sure you check out the NFT Now podcast. Uh, I believe it's actually nftnow.com. Uh, and then also just check them out on, on iTunes or on Spotify or wherever your, your, uh, your podcast provider is because they're always dropping new content. And the cool thing is these projects are so uh, they, they happen so quickly that you can jump into the industry at any time and be learning everything for the first time along with everyone else. So I highly encourage you to get involved in this space. And if you haven't checked out uh, newwaveentrepreneur.com, this is where we have all the content from the show, all the updates for the community at large, and also where we're posting updates on the workshops that we're hosting. The next workshop is the Peak Performance Workshop. If you are a busy person who wants to channel that energy, start to get your work done more efficiently, you want to move past the competition, break past your own barriers, and also learn how to break bad habits, how to build good ones, how to set yourself up for success this year, make sure you check out this workshop. Early bird VIPs get a buddy pass to bring a friend, a family member, or a colleague with you, and you get 100 bucks off. This is a perfect opportunity to write this off on the business and go in and split it with a friend. That's what I would do. You can go to newwaveentrepreneur.com forward slash VIP to learn more. And that's all I got for you guys. The water is warm. The tide is rising. This is Daniel DiPiazza signing you off. I'll catch you on that new